Welcome to another edition of On the Hour at the Clock Tower on WECS Radio 90.1 with your host, Brian Dossler. Another semester is upon us. Another semester of a full radio show. New time slot this semester. No longer at the 7 to 8 p.m. on Mondays. It's now 11 a.m. to noon on Tuesday mornings. And, of course, I am always joined by my prestigious co-host, Damon Gray. How are you doing, buddy? Doing just fine. Yeah. You know, this is like the only time you can actually see each other and talk now. This is weird, isn't it? This is strange. It's just (laughs) like, I mean, I saw you last night, but pretty much just like you're going to show up once a week and we're going to talk sports for an hour. That's like our our communique for... I mean, for it's no different. Yeah, it's, yeah, just, just more brought down by like about a seventh. Yeah. So, how are things going at ESPN? It's fantastic. For those of you that don't know, Damon Gray does have uh, does have an internship at ESPN, and he started that on January 11th. So, you've been there for a couple weeks. Yeah, no, it's it's great. I absolutely love it. Um, challenging at times, it can be, um, but that's how you get better. So I love it. It's really cool to kind of walk around and see some faces you see every day. Have you, you been starstruck by anybody? Starstruck? Yes. Not to the point where I have stopped in my tracks and jaw dropped, but there's only very few people that can get me to do that. Especially, really? oh, very few, because when you're there, you have to realize yes. you're going to see people. Yes. So there's very few people when you're in that mentality that would get you to stop and, you know, that's true. Mouth open. Maybe like Michael Jordan walked in, never would happen. Okay. It's one of those things like, I didn't know he was coming in today. Oh my God, one of the greatest of all time yeah. type of people. Maybe that's Steph fair. Curry. Uh, I'm not a basketball guy. I'm saying basketball people. <laughs> Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky. There you there go. You go. <laughs> Guys like that, but. Has your like your stomach drop maybe a little inside? And you're like maybe you're carrying a piece of paper, and all of a sudden like your your no, the paper starts. No, because all the anchors, because I deal with more anchors. Yep. When, especially when you're prompting, all really good people. Yeah. They're all fairly, you know, well grounded. Um, so like a lot of the nighttime guys, absolutely hysterical. Mm-hmm. So that's that's why I love about it. Everybody's pretty down to earth. Everybody's pretty happy to be there. So. Hey, it's good to know, and uh, hopefully I can get the same internship. This time next year. Uh, So, once again, this is On the Hour at the Clock Tower. If you're listening off the Nico Empire, I decided to put uh, my shows on Nico's website. So, just to get for the listeners to keep listening to some stuff. So, um, of course, Damon is not my brother. It's not the Sports Brothers podcast. Yeah, Damon with the sad face there. However, (laughs) you know, he's not a bad replacement. So, uh, we'll be putting these up through the entire semester long. So, for today's show... Keen State play-by-play, man. Brian Clements will be calling in 11-15, so just 12 minutes away. Keen State is coming to town tomorrow night here in Willimantic for a couple basketball games, so we're going to preview both those games. And uh, Brian has also had a chance to call many games at, uh, at the Cape Cod Baseball League over the summer, so we'll talk about that as well. The Broncos and Panthers, they advance to the Super Bowl, and I will tell you why I believe Kemba Walker deserves to be an all-star this year. And of course, Damon Gray will have embraced or hate it once we are can, once we are done talking to Brian Clemenson at eleven fifteen. So, but Damon, let's start with Eastern sports. I know you haven't been here, so it might be a little tough with uh, got to fill in. But you'll you'll manage. You you've have you you watched a couple of the games, yeah. right? Yeah, when I can. Yeah, you go from you know looking at a monitor at ESPN. I will say to, this: I've I've shown what we do to some of the people next to us or next to me. And they're like, that's a D3 broadcast? I'm like, yeah. 
That's actually really good. Yeah. I'm like, oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I mean, we, we kind of know too, but that's what we strive for is yes. to be the best we possibly yes. can. So let's start with the women's game. And um, it's, it's a game in which they've won six in a row. This team has won six in a row. And Keene State, they're 15 and two. So they're not doing, uh, they're doing pretty good as well. Um, you know, how much have you seen? I don't know how much I can go off here. Like, what, 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 how much? Things are clicking for them. Yeah. Um, defense seems to be one of their stronger points, which is you could kind of see that coming at the beginning of the year, especially with players like Julia Depoy being extremely uh, aggressive defensively. Uh, Jill Rytrowski, of course, a monster down in the paint. But things are starting to click for this team. I wouldn't say so much offensively to a point. I mean, 53 points in her last game against Southern Maine. It's all right. But, I mean, at times, yeah, they played Westfield State and scored 83. Yeah. So it, it's it's still a little inconsistent, but it's on the better end of the inconsistent scale. Now that Keene's coming in, it's going to be a little bit of a tougher game. What really impressed me, and I know this is the UMass Boston team from – a little less from what they had last year, but they played very well against that team that was the runner-ups from last year. Mm-hmm. Gary played fairly well, but Eastern was, to me, as a better unit. And the funny thing is, both sides lost a lot, but I just feel like Eastern managed to at least get to that level again at this time of the year. I don't know how things are going to get once when the tournament comes around mm-hmm. with them, but at this point, things are looking pretty well. If they do have Keene State coming in tomorrow, that'll be a tough matchup. And you mentioned the defense, and Eastern is first in the conference in points allowed. They've only allowed 53 points per game. So there you go. Uh, defense of my team, same with the men. They are first in, uh, in points allowed as well, 64 points per game. Um, but Eastern versus Keene, right? Big rivalry. Huge rivalry. Whatever sport it is, when Keene comes to town, the yeah. school knows it. Everybody knows it. It's much you got to go to the game, or you can watch our broadcast. And once again, Brian Clemson will be calling in about 10 minutes. We'll continue this conversation. But um, whether it's lacrosse, baseball. Lacrosse is huge. huge. I realized that a couple of years ago. My goodness, I've never seen the sports complex. I mean, you remember the sports complex filled up for the field hockey game. Yeah. For the semifinal. Imagine that times two. Yeah. That's what it was for that Keene State lacrosse game. That's coming this year, or at least it should be. I need to double-check on that. I heard rumors it may not be, but that would be really weird because usually it bounces back every other year. But this should be the year that it comes back this year. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, and uh, hopefully you can get to uh, call the game, which you should be able to, right? I figure that would be a later conference game. Later conference game usually. That yeah. game usually decides who's hosting the championship game, yeah. too. That's what the bigger implications are, yeah. which is why it's so fun. Uh, and back to the women's women's team uh ECSU they're 13 and 4 6 and 1 in conference play Keene State 15 and 2 5 and 2 so this is a game where the winner gets first place yeah. right so yeah. uh both these teams they will be playing eventually later on the season but as of now uh and and you look at the standings Western Connecticut they're also 5 and 2 Southern Maine they're 5 and 2 it's top heavy at the top 4 and of course it's so critical to obviously get the one seed but you get in the top 4 you host a first round playoff game in the least conference tournament yeah, and we've seen it last year how big home court advantage can be and how sometimes it may be able to get into your head. The men's team, which we'll talk about in a little bit, they've hosted the last two, and they haven't won either of them. Yeah. The women last year, they hosted it's no, it. It's no guarantee. It's no guarantee. It's really but it does, not. It can, it can help, but at times it can also kind of counterbalance, especially if you're not yeah. playing well, mm-hmm. crowds out of it. 
Yeah, crowds out of it. it. Yeah, yeah, and you in and you might feel that you need to you press a little bit more. Yeah, you got maybe you you play out of your own element and you and you try to do a little too much. But uh, yeah, Eastern they posted the last two years and come up empty. Maybe this year, hey, they only have a one game lead. You know, and we'll talk about the men's team now. They they got upset by Southern Maine on Saturday. They lose seventy seven seventy six. They shoot twelve of twenty from the free throw line. Um, and I watched the game. You know, they didn't play well for the first 37 minutes, and they turned it on in the last couple minutes. I mean, they, they outscored the Huskies by 12 points in the last three and a half minutes. Yeah, they scored 46 points in the second half yeah, I compared mean, to 30 in the first. Yeah. So, um, you know, they need to bounce back. You know, they're 38-2 and two in the last 40 Little East Conference regular season games. 38-2. and two. That's nuts. But, again, that doesn't mean anything if they don't win the conference tournament. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything. Um so they'll need a bounce-back game, and what better way to do it against the rival Keene State? Remember last year, Brandon Yarborough, that big three-pointer? That huge three-pointer. Big yeah. time. But didn't uh, Eastern and Keene square off in the semifinal last year? This is true, yes. So that was even before that in that game. And that Tom Doyle went off for 30 points. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that game, it looked like uh, Tarshi was about to bring Eastern Connecticut back, yep. hit a big three, and then... It was all owls from there on out. Yep. So this is a rematch of that. Eastern coming off a big conference loss, an upset, as you mentioned. Yep. A lot of going into this game. Um, there's not much more to say about that. It's Eastern Keen. It's a huge rivalry. It's a big matchup. Expecting a full house. It's going to be fun. Uh, a player that needs to play a little bit better for for the, in this one, it, it has to be uh, Hugh Lindo. Only two points and six rebounds. We're not used to seeing that out of Lindo. It's a, it's a player that can jump through the roof um, and only grabs six rebounds and two points. He went 0 for 8 from the field, I believe. 0 for 6 from the field. Now, you're watching the game. Yes. Was he getting boxed out really far out to the side? Because I have a feeling that's one of the Worst was, things that can happen to him. He was just, he was missing around the rim. Oh, so I mean, he, he was, was getting shots, but he yeah, wasn't no, he, he was getting he was getting it down the post. He was just missing his laps and normally makes. He was having one of those games. I mean, if you one point loss, yeah, just had to make one of them. Yeah. Um. See, and the seventy you mentioned that they gave up seventy seven points. That's the most points that Eastern has given up in a in a conference matchup this year. So they'll have to tighten up. And that's something that they hang their hat on, defense, defense, yeah. defense, defense. Mentioned that they give up the fewest points in the conference at 64.6, uh, but they'll need a, a, a good bounce-back game um, come tomorrow night. So you know, we have a lot of people with our broadcasting crew now. God. Really? Gro- oh, the funny man. thing is because you were worried at one point saying how little, well, and then it just grew? That Well, <laughs> funny you say that but no but last wednesday i or for, for our schedule yeah. right to get people to sign up mm-hmm. i was just freaking out really more than anything because it was just like one person i or i can't make i can't make it i can't make, it's like i got six people in like 30 seconds it seemed that they couldn't work it's like oh my god but we forget how big our roster yeah. is now isn't that nuts it's literally it's just like last okay you year, can't work we can get somebody last out. year we had probably 11 i think 11 was our tops and now it doubled yeah, because on our Facebook page, love I think it. I think Absolutely it's love it. I think it's thirty people on our Facebook page, and then you kind of take Nick out, you take Bossy, Bossy out. <laughs> why are they still there? You take Ben Esty out. I don't know why he's in there. Um, that's crazy. Yeah, that's I. I we legitimately have like twenty legit people that that like if they're available, they will show up. That's absolutely fantastic. And being that we're going to host baseball regionals, yes. 
I'll do my best to help out with that. I don't know what my life is going to be like we'll, at that point, we'll, but we'll, we'll play yeah. it by ear. Yeah. I don't even know what my life is going to be in a month. As lo- as long as the light towers are up, I don't. Th- I don't. Are the lights even up at the baseball field? I don't know if they come up. I mean, I haven't been down there since the fall, so I I don't I don't know. But you know, it'd be a lot. Obviously, this it'd be a lot better if Eastern was in it. I mean, how cool would that be? Hopefully, how cool would that be? That'd be really cool. That'd be really cool. I mean, there's a good chance. There I is. I don't know how the team's going to be this year. They played well towards the end of the year. A lot of younger guys. Um, a lot of guys that were injured last year yeah. now kind of technically getting their first year in. Yeah. A lot of younger players. So, yeah, you have a good point there. Um, they was I think they won six straight in the regular season. Um, they Then they, they lost their first game in the Lilies Conference Tournament. And then they won out all the way until the last. They forced a game three against Southern Maine, at Southern Maine, which isn't easy. But they fell in that third game. So, all right, we're gonna take about a two minute break. When we come back, play by play man Brian Clevinson from Keene State will join WCS. We'll be previewing Keene State versus Eastern tomorrow night. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to WECS Radio, 90.1 on the hour at the clock tower with Brian Dosser. And right now on the phone is Keene State play-by-play man Brian Clemenson. Brian, how's it going today? Uh, pretty good. Thank you uh, for having me on uh, this morning. All right, let's get right to it. Keene versus Eastern tomorrow night. Let's start with the men's team. This year, Coach Ryan Kane has had to deal with a lot of injuries. Dizelle Wright, he tore his ACL. Lucas Hamill, broken hand. Nate Howard, a dislocated shoulder. How has this team been able to really overcome those injuries so far this season? And actually, one other casualty um, to add to that injury list. Uh, found out this morning from Coach Kane when I spoke with him, uh, Carlos O'Valley out perhaps with an ankle injury uh, tomorrow night. But King State really uh, struggled at first with the injuries, but they've uh, since bounced back in uh, the Last few uh, conference games, they've won now three in a row, so they're finally being able to get over the hump in those close games. They're making better plays. They're staying out of foul trouble, and uh, you guys definitely have gotten used to, I think, uh, playing more minutes, and it's just really been a balanced scoring attack that has just let Team State come away with these uh, victories as they were sometimes relying just on one guy previously. Give me a player to watch out for Keen, for Keen State that Eastern's going to have to stop tomorrow. I would uh, say uh, Matt Ozella. He has absolutely been going off lately. Most people would think uh, Nate Stitchell. Yes, you definitely have to watch out for Stitch. He's the leading scorer with 17 points. But Ozella, last three games, he's had uh, three double-doubles in a row. He's averaging around 12 points per game. So he is definitely one you want to watch out for, over eight rebounds per game. So I think he really could be a difference maker. Now over to the women's side. They started the season 11-0, just one win shy of the program record. What has made this team even better than last year? They won 18 games uh, just a year ago. They made it to the Louis Conference semifinals. But, again, now they're 15-2 and and playing some pretty good basketball. Well, yes, they are playing some pretty good basketball. And uh, no one really honestly expected uh, this to happen especially with the uh, just lack of depth that the uh, King State women's team has. I mean, the men, you knew they were going to have a lot of depth going in, and right now it's really the opposite. 
on the women's side, everyone has uh, just stayed healthy, and that's what the hope was, that everyone uh, stays healthy. They'll probably be uh, competitive in the conference, probably get a first-round uh, home game, but that was probably about it. They figured they would uh, lose some games, but that uh, certainly uh, has not been the case as uh, they had a bad loss the uh, other day uh, in their last conference uh, game to uh, UMass Dartmouth, where they lost by four as Megan Ronigan was just such a beast went off for UMass Garment. That was a bad loss, and it's starting to give some people uh, just some uh, nightmares about what has happened every other uh, year with the team uh, on the women's side under uh, Keith Boucher. Just can't really get over the hump in the big game, but uh, really just getting contributions from quite a few players. Stephanie Dinalpo really has elevated her game. She is a junior, nine and a half points per game, which isn't really a whole lot when you think of a big score. Yes, almost around 10 is the substantial number, but it's all the little things that she does while she is on the floor. Over seven rebounds per game, she is averaging around four assists, gets a few steals, almost three steals per game from Denalfo. So it's just the little things that she does, and Kelsey Cognetta as well, um, 11 points per game. You definitely have to watch out for her late at the free-throw line. So that's really how they're doing it. Their team is going to two threes, as everyone knows. Sandy Purcell, she'll take her um, over uh, double digits of threes, 10 to 15 uh, threes per game, and uh, it's just a matter of whether or not she's going to make it. And down low, Amanda Petro, uh, Sarah Colbert, they've been uh, solid down there, and that's really how they've been able to get it done. They've really leaned on the uh, five starters as they don't really have a whole lot of uh, pieces off the bench, and when they do go to the bench, though, they usually are able to provide uh, some of the solid minutes, though. Down here in Willimantic, Eastern, or excuse me, Keene State is our big rival. How big up there in Keene is is Eastern? I'm, assu- I'm assuming that Eastern is your biggest rival, but are there any other schools that, uh, you know, when they come come up to Keene, you know, it's 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 a must win? Uh, Plymouth State definitely is uh, one for every sport, uh, given that they are in-state as well. It's usually called just the Granite State Challenge for whatever uh, game that, uh, or sport rather, that's uh, being played. So, that's another big rival, I would say, Rhode Island College as well, just in the sense of uh, basketball. Obviously, this year uh, they are not doing too well, as everyone knows about us, and following the LEC in basketball. But I would say ESCON is definitely the biggest one for every sport. I mean, those two are usually the teams that are up, up top in the conference all the time, especially for basketball. It's certainly a big uh, rivalry as uh, everyone goes to basketball games here on a Keene State campus. And I would say the next one would probably be lacrosse, as they're usually one and two every year in lacrosse. That's where we usually get a big turnout in terms of the athletic events. So I would say that definitely is the biggest one. I'd probably say that Plymouth and right there at number two, just based on being in state. How about Jordan Resendiz? He's second all Division three in points per game at 29.2, and he played against Keene. You got a chance to, to see him play. Now, you guys did beat Dartmouth, but he did score 31 points, but how do you stop a guy that can score this well? Um, well, definitely very difficult, and uh, Keene stayed uh, very fortunate uh, in one of the games that he got into some foul trouble, and uh, that really, I think, is one of the only ways that you can stop him, so they played him twice. They are 2-0. and They swept the season series against Dartmouth, but they really got lucky as they got him into a foul trouble. And uh, basically, Ryan Kane, the uh, head coach for Keene State, was like, you know what, we'll let him go off for his share of points. He's certainly going to score, 
And um, they put Nate Stitchell on him a little bit. He is the best defender for Team State. He held him in check in some of those uh, key situations. But what the game plan was when they played Dartmouth is uh, he said, you know what, fine, let him go off. He's going to get his points. But you know what, we're going to just do a good job on everyone else and make sure that those secondary scorers, who can score points as well for Dartmouth, and uh, just make sure that they can't score. And uh, that's exactly what they did, and that's, I think, the two reasons why that they were able to come away. They contained Resendiz as uh, 31 points exactly containing him. He's a guy who go off for 40 or 50 points a night. And uh, when you talk to Coach Kane, and definitely just from uh, my observations of watching Coach Kane, it said as well, he's definitely a Division One basketball player out there on the floor for Dartmouth. Brian Clemson, play-by-play man from Keene State, joining WCS Radio. Let's shift over to baseball. For a couple of years now, you've been the play-by-play guy for the Brewster Whitecaps from the Cape Cod Baseball League. What's that been like? Um, it's been a very uh, good experience. Uh, started doing it all the way back in uh, 2010, doing uh, stats. And then uh, 2012, halfway through, uh, got a chance uh, to uh, do some play-by-play for the end of the season. Actually worked with uh, your brother, Sam, as uh, you know. And um, had a little bit of an audition phase. They're like, you know what, if you do a good job, you got this job uh, through school. And next year doing it. And then the past uh, few years have been uh, very fun as the lead broadcaster getting a bulk of the play-by-play. But it is just such a great experience to be out there on the Cape. I mean, you cannot beat a uh, baseball atmosphere, I'd say, at least for summer ball, other than the uh, Cape Cod Baseball League. I mean, everything is very much in close vicinity to each other if you're a fan and uh, just up there on vacation, you don't really have a team to root for. You can just go and see um, a few games in the night as uh, a lot of the fields are very close, 15, 20 minutes apart. The furthest drive from anyone usually going to be around an hour, whether it's going to Falmouth if you're in the Eastern Division or to Wareham. But it's just such a great experience getting to call games up there. You make a lot of relationships with the players. You're just so close to them. Also, the uh, coaches as well as the Whitecaps had a new coach this year, uh, very close uh, with uh, Coach Shevchuk uh, from Keystone College. He's a coach of the NECBL as well as he was great working with the media and getting on for interviews and doing any other content we would like. And also, too, one other connection that's a very good one and then how uh, some younger broadcasters in college looking to make a name for themselves. Uh, advantages um, definitely just mingle uh, with the scouts that is something that is just uh, very critical actually got two business cards uh, from scouts uh, just talking to uh, sitting in front of me for a week and they go uh, why don't you send me over your resume uh, when it comes time to uh, look for a job and I'll uh, send it off to uh, my media people so right now just playing a little bit of a waiting game and uh, going to see what happens so that's um something uh, else that can just happen and there's nothing better than just going to the ballpark six days a week on the Cape uh, to call games. It's a very fun experience. That's some pretty cool stuff. Uh, One last question. Have you called any players that are currently in Major League Baseball right now or the least on a fast track to the big leagues? Um, Definitely a few. Uh, Kevin Pilecki on the Mets, uh, backup catcher, uh, played some uh, significant uh, time and in the starting role uh, was Travis Darnot was hurt. Um, back from doing stats, there are definitely quite a few who have uh, made the uh, major league by now, just going off of what, you know, from uh, mostly white cap guys, uh, Jed Jerko. Um, he is uh, 
was on San Diego. I think he uh, moved somewhere else so, uh, this offseason. So uh, that was when uh, doing stats. Uh, Sean Manea, very close. The almost no-hit Brewster uh, back in, I think, uh, 2012 or 2013. He is on the fast track, uh, making his way up there. Uh, towards the majors, so in the list uh, certainly does uh, just probably continue to go on, but it's uh, just very fun to just uh, see those guys and be like, hey, I uh, call these guys, especially the ones that get drafted to and the ones that you're close to might uh, go out and hang out with on the night after a game. Uh, it's just uh, very fun uh, just to see that and just uh, watch their uh, journey as they uh, progress. Wasn't Kyle Schwaber there the year my brother was there? I feel like I remember him playing for uh guy as was like I think it was Katuit maybe. Uh, Wareham, yes. Um, he was there for two years actually, and so that's one off the list. But as I said, um, just so, so many. Uh, yes, he was 2012, a full season there, and then 2013 when Wareham was uh, very uh, bad once again. They had two bad years. Um, and uh, Schwarber came back um, a w- last week of the season in August after um, being on uh, Team USA all summer. So that really just goes to show the dedication level. And uh, you knew he was going to be uh, something special when he was there. They more used him as a DH and a uh, third baseman when he was on Wareham. But you always knew the bat was certainly going to be there. And um, that's definitely one I forgot about. And he was a very good player there. And you knew he was going to probably make it to the majors, as we see now on the Cubs. All right, man. Appreciate the time. And uh, thanks for all the pictures and for, for the highlights, for everything that you've done for, for tomorrow's broadcast. Appreciate it. We'll see you tomorrow night. All right. See you tomorrow night. Thank you for having me on. Not a problem. So, once again, thank you to Brian Clemenson for calling in. A lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff that he said. Um, you know, this is where I wish where I had time f- with radio, Damon, where someone right now could be cutting up what he's saying and I could play it later on. Because there was some good stuff. There was some good stuff. There was a couple so, inter- You're saying you want an intern? Yes, I want an intern. <laughs> That's what I want. You know, I got the ST card. It's rolling. You know, just, just take it down real quick during the break, put it back in, and just cut it up and put it back in. We got to get a bigger crew. You know, we were saying that our crew for for so broadcasting is big. Fifty now? Yeah, no. Jeez, we just got to have radio interns. Jeez, be hard to get hundred. Big expectations. It'd be hard here. to get hundred twenty hours. So what? For... You, you want ETV Sports to take over the radio? <laughs> yeah. Why not? <laughs> why not? I mean, we already took over the news club. It's true. All right, so uh, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, Damon Gray will be back on as well. It's time for your favorite segment, Embrace It or Hate It. You're listening to WECS Radio 90.1. Welcome back to WECS Radio 90.1 on the hour at the clock tower with Brian Dosser and Damon Gray. Brian Clemenson from Keene State just called in, gave us some really good stuff about the Keene versus Eastern basketball games. And how about this? Their second biggest rival is Plymouth State. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Like you said when he when he said it, it's like our western. Yeah, in state rivalry is yeah. always huge. Yeah, never if, thought if of you it. have one. So it's always like, yeah, you know, this is big picture here, Michigan, Michigan State. Yeah, you know stuff like that. Yeah, and like you were saying, or like we were saying earlier, you're saying that Keen Eastern for men's lacrosse is is big time as well. Oh, absolutely huge yeah. because it's all it's been down to those two for like eight years, yeah, nine years. That's nuts. For as long as I've known. Obviously, I haven't been here for those eight, nine years, but for as long as I've known, been taught, it's always been Eastern and Keene for Yeah, so that regular that. season game always decides who hosts. 
Almost. All right, so it's time for Embrace or Hate It. Later on, I'm going to be talking about Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, the end of an era potentially, and why Kemba Walker deserves to be an all-star. Still got a half-hour show. Still got a half-hour left in the show. Damon, you, how many do you got today? I have five. Let's hear them. All right, Brian, the Seahawks. Hold on. A... I, should, oh. I should stop you right there. I'm oh. sorry. I'm oh. sorry. I'm very, oh. very sorry oh. for cutting you off. Potential new audience with this being on the Nico Empire. Want to explain what Embrace or Hate It is? Basically, Damon will pose me a statement, a question, and I'll say embrace it or hate. I'll say embrace it or hate it. Embrace it mean I like it. Hate it mean I don't. Now you can go for it. I think you just broke my groove, man. I'm sorry. I don't know if I could do this. You're a professional. Get back in. (laughs) All right, I can do this. All right, Brian, the Seahawks. They may be a little upset over their loss to the Panthers. They came back really hard in the second half, couldn't pull it off. They but tried some hard. fans are really angry. So angry to the point where they're attempting a petition, a petition to ban Cam Newton from Century Link Fields. How's that going to work? I have no idea, but that's the thing. <laughs> how's, how is that going to work <laughs> when Carolina comes to, to Maybe Seattle? They, I mean, I know a lot of fans say. The Patriots cheap, but that seems like you know the how many people have signed code. this petition. I don't have an exact number, but it's more than you'd like to hear. What's the number? It's in a couple thousands. I mean, it's not great numbers, but it's it really shows how there really are <laughs> idiotic people out there. Yeah, like the only petition I've signed like that online, like a like is it like change, change dot yeah change dot org. Yeah was to keep Don Orsillo as a play-by-play announcer for Nestle. Yeah, it's the only work. time. <laughs> didn't work. I I was like, oh, maybe I'll, my voice will help because, no. you know, we see there was there was corporations thousands care, and man. thousands of votes on that thing. By the mm. way, still get emails from change.org. Oh, yeah. Since, I've subscribed immediately the minute I did one of those. Yeah. I got to do that because so I you still hate get it. Yeah, I hate it. Like, come on. Give me a break. Seriously. <laughs> All right, Brian. To the NHL, the Winter Classic happened January 1st. It was up in Boston. Yep. Great showing. Game, not so much. Not so much. Game kind of stunk. Yeah. But I've seen a lot of proposals for the next Winter Classic. Rumors are maybe in Toronto, going up in Canada, something along the lines of that. I have a good proposal. Okay. And I think the people of Connecticut will love this. So this is out of your own bag? This 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 is out of my own bag. Okay. You ready for this? Carolina. Comes to Hartford, comes to Rensselaer, rocking the old Hartford Whaler jerseys for outdoor classic. First stadium series. Maybe not the big one, but first stadium series. I like it, and I know a lot of people in Connecticut would like it. However, however, would the, how much would the NHL be making out of this? Because you look at Gillette and you look at uh, the they Big House. They had about five or six stadium series like last year. They, they had a stupid amount. Okay, all right. They had a really so just weird one of the map. smaller ones. Okay. Yeah, so this would be one. That's what I'm saying. It wouldn't be the big one. It would be the big winner class. Big okay. one stadium series. I like it. I, dig I think it. that'd be a really it. cool yes. idea. And you could even introduce them as the Hartford Whalers if you could get the, the Hurricanes to agree to that. So much it's politics just be for one day. So much one politics day. would have to go into that. So I mean, oh God, just I just, think that'd the, be a the, fantastic. Can idea. Can you imagine the newspapers and, and the, the outcry of that feel good moment? Because you know they bring back all the great ones. They they would bring back Kevin Deneen. They they bring everybody back for this game. Bring back Gordy Howe if they could. Gord, yeah, yeah. I mean a, anybody that played anyone significant with the Hartford Lairs would yeah. would try to oh, be at that be game. So cool. If 
But that's that's my dream. I thought about that. You love it. I love it. We should make this happen. Change.org. Let's get this done. It's I, I just, just like I said, politics. It would be a lot of politics. Yes. I understand it wouldn't be like yes. an easy, yeah. total, let's do this deal. All right. More imaginative thoughts. This one comes straight out of ESPN.com. Christina Carey, when I was thinking of after coming up with this. Let's start moving some teams around. MLB. Oakland Athletics fan base eh, at times. Or at least a stadium. They want a new stadium. Obviously, yes. Oakland's not going to happen. So let's move them to San Jose. And Tampa Bay, that's been a disaster since they've been there. Yep. Bring them back up to Montreal. There's going to be a uh, 30 for 30 on Montreal Expos in a couple weeks. Really? Yeah. Or not next I'm couple weeks. Um, at some point. Some yeah. point. The Chicago the Bears in a couple weeks. Yeah, the Bears. Um, you feeling that? All the way up to that's to Montreal. So to Montreal. Tampa to Montreal. So that at least keep all the divisions will at least still be good. That won't mess around with the divisions at all. I would say Montreal would be mate, potentially like a backup plan. I think if you can go, if you can stay in Tampa around Tampa, just being a better location, being a place where people are going to go. See, I would say that. However, Florida has proved to me that as much as Everybody says that the, the state people. You know what the fans sucking for? No, go to Montreal. Yeah. Go to Montreal. Because what I'm saying is, remember that whole Miami Marlins thing? Yeah. They're in downtown Miami. Yeah. No, they're, Perfect the, they're in the heart of their own city. They have a, Florida has a great soccer fan base. We saw it this year. They have a great fair weather fan base in terms of how teams are doing. But in terms of just consistency, no. No. I'd say bring them up to Montreal. They've been crying for a team ever since the Expos left. All-Star Game Weekend. We're getting to that point, Brian. It's the most wonderful time of year. As he's giving me a silent stare. So, the question is, do you love him? Do you hate him? I'm sorry. I was actually zoning out because I was texting All -Star Michael All-Star Do you love him or hate him? Um, actually, well, speaking of All-Star Game, pre or a little tease again, Kemba Walker will be saying why he's been in the All-Star Game. Um, so, I don't really want to go into it that much because it kind of ruined that bit later but here's what i will say major league baseball game okay okay not i'm the ratings are much much higher in the first couple innings because that's when the stars are playing right sure what i think what they should do and again this point on my own bag my own hat okay i think what should happen is the starters start the first inning right so you got your, you got your Mike Trouts out there you got your Andrew McCutcheon you got your John Carlos Stanton all those guys right the stars they're out there in the first inning sure take them out after, after the, the first, first inning put okay. the reserves in right? right let them play for the for like second through this the second through sixth innings seventh inning eighth inning comes around bring the stars back in because you have like last year Ardellis Chapman right best closing the game whatever you know top 5 Top two, whatever, whatever you want to call it, he faced against Brock Holt in in the ninth <laughs> inning. Poor guy, with, with guys on with guys on base, right in a, in, a, in a clutch moment. How sweet would that be if that was Mike Trout? How sweet would that be if that was Josh Donaldson? It would be cool, but could you still add the factor of the whole "this game matters" thing? Could you still have that? That's not, I think that's another reason why it should be there. You, I think you you want if you want to see the best of the best, right? Okay. NBA, LeBron James, Chris Paul, Carmelo Anthony, they're all, all out in the floor fourth quarter. Okay. NHL guys, they're all a little different situation this year, but, you know, Sidney Crosby. Uh, he's actually not in. 
He's not in this year. He's is he not hurt? in this year. No. He's not having a great year. But John Scottson. Sidney Crosby is not in the... He's only played in two All-Star games his entire career. Either through injury or not getting in. Yeah. He's really... Honestly, Brian, I know you're not a hockey guy. He's really not having a fantastic year. He's really not. I'll Alex say, Ovechkin is having a fantastic year. I'll say that... I'll Patrick say, Kane is having I'll a fantastic year. I'll incorporate that later on. Okay. And, but, um, but Pro Bowl, you know, the big names, Odell Beckham Jr., uh, Tony Romo, when, he, when he's... Eli May, whoever. You know, they're out there in the fourth quarter. Get... Guys like Mike Trout, Adrian Gonzalez, Robinson Cano out there for the 8th, ninth innings. I will say this. Soccer in friendlies and exhibitions, they change the rules up. You're allowed six substitutions. I don't see why this would be a big deal. If you can bring guys back in at least once. Just bring them in once. You can't bring them in twice. Yeah, that's bring fair. Bring them in once. Yeah. So you can make exceptions, I believe, at least for exhibition-type games. All right, last one. We're going back again to the beginning of the year. The college football playoff, or at least just Ooh, the whole yep. bowl bonanza, yep. was horrible. Yep. Absolutely horrible. Blowouts everywhere. There was one decent game with TCU. Not decent, but one fantastic game with TCU. But you only cared about that once with the fourth quarter. Yep. Hit. Did the championship game make up for all that horrid lead up? The championship game is what you would that you would believe a championship game would be. Yeah. I mean it came down, Alabama they needed to score, right, to to clinch it in the final minutes of the game. It was I think the biggest lead was it wasn't more than by two there touchdowns. Was like five uh, lead changes. It yeah. was nuts. I mean, you know, you got the onside kick by Alabama. I mean, so many memorable plays from that game. Now, the bigger issue is, and I said this before the games even happened this year, they should not have these, these big games on New Year's Eve. Well, that's, that's not the network's fault, obviously. If anybody doesn't know, it's not ESPN's fault. That's NCAA football, the college football yeah. playoff committee. That, no. they, and they refuse to change it. And I think that's, that's their own fault. Yeah. I mean, the ratings speak for themselves. I mean, I'm not, they were very good. They weren't as good as they were last year. I mean, le- I mean, last year it was like the best ever. It was like Florida State went down. I mean, Jameis Winston, you know, he he, he falls apart. Uh, Ohio, Ohio State upsets Alabama. Ohio State beats Oregon. I mean, that was like ratings galore. I mean, that was that was perfect for it. And the days worked out and everything too. Yeah, and I believe that if they had it on January first again, and they can bring back what last year was the best day in sports for me, where I woke up, Prem League. And then when you had a Winter Classic, and then the two semifinals, literally sports all day. It was fantastic. Yeah. No, January first is a great day for it. And it was just it was so weird on, on New Year's Eve. You what, what was it? it was um, Houston versus Florida State? What bowl? It was one a bigger bowl. It was like the the Peach Bowl or um, Orange Bowl. Excuse no, me, not or- the Orange Bowl. Fiesta Bowl. Fiesta Bowl. Fiesta Bowl. It's at twelve thirty on on during. It's like Fiesta Bowl is normally at night. It's it's the last game after yep. the Rose Bowl. Yeah, Rose Bowl is my favorite bowl game to watch because it's because it's the Rose Bowl because it's the Rose Bowl. Yeah, and it now, was, just was like, one of the semifinal games the Rose Bowl last year. Uh, I yes, it was, was. Florida, Florida State, so, Oregon. Why can't they just make the Rose Bowl one of the semifinal games? Because it's, it's a rotating <sighs> schedule. I know, I know, but, I know. I mean, think about it, and the, then that would just make everything work. I mean, it's coincidence or not, but Texas versus USC with Vince Young, that was at the Rose Bowl. Uh, yeah. Florida State, when they beat Auburn, that was at the Rose Bowl. To me, I mean, it, it just, I don't know. I love the atmosphere. I love Brent Musburger, his voice for it. It just, it just all clicks. And unfortunately, 
It just didn't play Stanford out this year. blew out Iowa. Blew just yeah. torched them. Yeah. Well, that was the story of all the bowl games, except the TCU one. But again, like you said, it, it was only <laughs> it watchable. came down to the fourth it quarter. Was, it was only watchable until the fourth quarter. And then by that point, how many people were not watching? Yeah, exactly. And all of a sudden, saying, "Are you watching this comeback?" With yeah. two minutes left in the game, with the backup quarterback, go figure. Yeah. <sighs> but, but I mean, the, at least a championship game. Yeah. Final question: Did it make up for everything? Make up? No, I mean, to, it didn't make up. I for don't it? think it made up for it because it was so good last year. Okay. And but the championship game to me last year wasn't fantastic. It was good, but it wasn't to me this game. This well, year you was were bad. on the wrong side as I a know. fan. It was I'm talking about the championship game in general, like the final game. It, now it wasn't as close yeah. because Ohio State won, I believe, forty-two twenty-eight. Yeah, it was a blowout. Yeah. But it was so shocking. It was like, oh my god, Alabama is losing. Or no, they didn't. Excuse me, Oregon. Yeah. You know, it was it was shocking. Or because people were expecting Oregon was going to win. Mm-hmm. Marcus Mariota, the offense, someone's going to stop them. You know, Cardell Jones. We have doubts. Like, there's no way he can win another game like this. So it was a shock. You know. So I think it still had that like, even though it was a blowout. Yeah. I think it still had that like wow factor. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we're going to take a quick break when we come back. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning era is over, and then Kemba Walker should be in the All-Star game. Feel free to call in, 860-456-2164. Be right back in a moment. Welcome back to WECS Radio 90.1 on the hour at the Clock Tower on WECS Radio 90.1. Uh, once again, if you're listening off the Nico Empire, thank you for listening to this podcast. Um, you know, just a decision that I made over winter break, and I said, hey, Nico, I'm going to start putting my radio shows on your website since... You know, it kind of looks bad when Sam and I don't do a podcast from like September 11th to like November 3rd. So uh, let's we're going to keep this to keep that page rolling. So um, football, end of an era this Sunday potentially, potentially, very very sad. Peyton Manning versus Tom Brady. Peyton, 39 years of age. Brady, 38 years of age. I mean, this is all speculation, of course. That this is the last time we'll see these two guys. Score off one another, assuming that Peyton Manning will retire after the end of this season. But boy, if this is the last time we saw Brady versus Manning, Peyton gets the last laugh. He gets the last laugh. Now you look at the overall overall record between these two guys. Yeah, Brady is eleven and six overall. You know they met seventeen times. He's eleven and six. I get it. But you know what's a bigger stat? You know what's next level? Peyton is 3-1 in AFC Conference Championship games against Brady. That's where it really counts. I mean, sure, yeah, you know, Brady beat him in a couple of, you know, regular season games. You know, last year when, when or excuse me, two years ago when the game was in Foxborough and Peyton and the Broncos collapsed in the second half. But... When it mattered most, and, and we talk about Tom Brady as arguably the greatest quarterback of all time, right? Four Super Bowl rings, you know, could have gotten five this year, but six appearances in the Super Bowl. We're saying that this guy is the best of all time. And and Peyton Manning went 3-1 and one in the AFC Championship game. Think about it. If he went 3-1 and one in the Super Bowl against Brady, how different would this story be? You know, I mean, the only thing that's bigger than the AFC Championship game, of course, is the Super Bowl. And in this big moment, in this big moment, Manning was able to come through three times. Only one time for Brady. 
God, now that Peyton's in there, I really want I really want this Broncos team to win really, really badly. And to me, I don't understand why Patriot fans hate. Get it? Okay, it's a rivalry. Damon Saints a rivalry, but you know, to, but Yankees Red Sox rivalry. I don't hate Derek Jeter. I don't hate Mariano Rivera. Peyton Manning. It's, it's, he doesn't do anything bad. He has funny commercials. It's 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 you know. He's got funny commercials. He's a good guy. He's never gotten in trouble. Like I don't understand. Same thing with Jeter. Same thing with Mariano. Like he's he's Peyton Manning doesn't show up his his opponents. He doesn't. I I, I just I don't get that. Patriots fans. I mean, you've yes, you've gotten the better of them. Your your own quarterback has four Super Bowls. Manning has one. Like I get you want to hate somebody. I get you, you but I think there's a time and place for it. I don't think this is it. You want to hate Rex Ryan? Go for it. You know, because he he's he's talked bad about you. You know, he's he said he's going to beat you. You know, they're they're going to win. He's guaranteed wins against your team. Okay, that's fine. But Peyton Manning, all he has done is shown up on Sundays and played excellent football for his entire career. Also, speaking of Patriots fans, going to play a little both sides here. Tabligate, come on. Really? Tabligate? Nobody cares. So don't start... You know, I see I see a couple of people on Facebook and Twitter and saying, oh, the tablets work for the Broncos, but they don't work for the Patriots. That might be so. But do you realize, as Patriot fans, that you made it to five straight AFC championships, conference championships, five straight, with two Super Bowl appearances in those five appearances, and you won one of them? Go to Oakland. Go to Cleveland. Go to Kansas City. Heck, go to the New York Jets. Don't take it for granted. Don't take it for granted that you're all in these big games. Please don't. On the other side, Patriot haters, don't go on Twitter and say that the Patriots are overrated and that they suck and that Brady needs to retire. Don't do that. You sound like an idiot. I mean, come on. You can't be blind to their own success. You really can't. And the worst is when Jets fans do it. Worst is when Cowboys fans do it. Anybody that does it, it's like, come on. Patriot fans, St. Louis Cardinals fans, Detroit Red Wings fans, San Antonio Spurs. Those are the franchises, the programs that everyone tries to strive for. Want to know why? They have a winning tradition. That's all they do. And you know what? You can hate them. You can love them, but guess what? They're still going to win. I mean, look at the St. Louis Cardinals. You can't figure them out. They, they guys got Colton Wong is 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 like was their best player at times last year. Now they got Matt Adams that goes to injury. Matt Holiday goes down for injury. Adam Wainwright, Carlos Martinez, Yared Molina, just named you five All Stars there. Yet yet Randall Gutrick gets called up from AAA and and hits over three hundred. You know that's just what they do. The Spurs. Heck, they're they're like two games out of against they're like two games out of the Western Conference for the Golden State Warriors. Everyone's talking about the Warriors. Everyone's talking about Steph Curry. Everyone's talking about Clay Thompson, the three pointers, Andre Iguodala. You know, this and that and, and the streak. The Spurs have just been doing this all along. And they've been doing it for years. For over a decade. They've been doing it forever. But, you know, the Warriors do it for one year, but they do it with style. They do it with a three pointer. They do with a polarizing athlete like Steph Curry, and they get all the publicity. So, 
Again, just relax. Um, Carolina, they manhandled, throttled. Give me another adjective. The Cardinals, 49-15. Remember when we all doubted Carolina because they had a weak schedule? Because they played in the NFC South and they played against the NFC East as their out-of-division opponents? Look at them now. They're in the Super Bowl, but, you know, they look unstoppable. Again, 49-15. to 15. Carson Palmer had four interceptions. They, the, the Cardinals turned the ball over seven times. It just seemed like every time Palmer was dropping back, he was throwing it to the team in white and blue. I hope someone told him that he was throwing it to the team in red because, God, he, he, was, he, he was not good. Not good at all. Ugh. Seven minutes left of the show. And the last of it's going to go to the NBA as Kemba Walker deserves to be an all-star. Now, you may say I'm biased, right? UConn fan, Damon's saying I'm biased. Maybe I am, but here's why the guy should be in the all-star game. The NBA first and foremost, and this is why I was very surprised that Sidney Crosby has only been in two all-star games in his career. The M- hmm? Played into, excuse me, played into is because... It's a the NBA All Star Game is a, it's a popularity contest. It's you know the the fans and and who who we want to see in in the All Star Game. Before I talk about Kemba Draymond Green, guy's got nine triple doubles this year, nine, and he's a small forward slash power forward. He's not voted as an All Star starter. He'll be in the All Star Game. Reserves have not been announced yet, but he's not an All Star starter. And Draymond Green's mother took to Twitter and said. It's a popularity contest, and she's dead on. She is completely right. Allen Iverson, a couple years ago, or excuse me, Trace McGrady a couple years ago, got voted in as a starter when he didn't play a game all year. NBA came in and, you know, changed that a little bit, but really? Really? Doesn't play any game and he's an all-star? Because to me... The 2016 All-Star Game entails the 2016 best players. What did you do that year? How did you help your team? Did you help your team? Have you been successful as an individual? If you don't play a game, how can you help your team on the floor? Now, there are exceptions. There are exceptions. Guys like Kobe Bryant in their final year. Okay. They've, he's been in the NBA for 20 years. He's, he's helped the league so much. You know, all of his titles, all the, all, that's fine. Derek Jeter, a couple years ago, that's fine. David Ortiz, this coming year, that's fine. But a guy like, you know, Kyrie Irving, for example, as I move into why Kemba should be an all-star, Kyrie Irving this year will most likely be an all-star reserve this year. He will be. Why? He's been the all-star game before. He plays on the Cleveland Cavaliers. He's teammates with LeBron James. And people love Kyrie Irving. People love his his dribble moves, his you know his crossovers, his behind the backs, all all that stuff. You know they they like that. Kyrie Irving has played in twenty eight less games than Kemba Walker this year. Kemba is top ten in and this is in point guard ratings. He's top ten in scoring, rebounding, free throw, steals, and minutes. Kyrie Irving is. Not in any category of any offense or defensive stat for point guards. Not one. 
But I guarantee you Kyrie Irving will get into the All-Star game. Why? It's a popularity contest. So why, why is LeBron James and, and Carmel Anthony? And it's the same starting lines every single year. You know, I'm actually surprised that Kyle Lowry this year and last year was voted starter. To me, I think John Wall's more popular point guard, but boy. It's it just it irks me that it, it's it's by popularity. And in other sports it's not it's really not as much. You know, obviously the the, the obviously the superstars are gonna get it, but for a two thousand sixteen all star, you have to play well that year. Doesn't matter what you did in years past. Again, unless you're a Kobe Bryant, unless you're a Derek Jeter. But when it's not your last ride, you gotta get the guys that deserve to be in there. And Kemba Walker absolutely deserves to be in this to be in this all star game. He was a snub last year. He had a fifty two point game a few weeks ago, a forty point game, almost had a triple double that game. And he's got this Hornets team playing pretty well. They're on the nine seater right now. They're a game above five hundred. But he he just the the Hornets just beat the Kings last night in double overtime. Boogie Cousins fifty three points. Speaking of an All Star, right there. But boy, you know it's in you know Dwayne Wade. He's he was named the starter for for the East as a shooting guard position. He's shooting a career low in field goal percentage at forty five point six, and he's scoring eighteen and a half points per game. Now it's not a terrible year, but. You know, the Eastern Conference also has guys like DeMar DeRozan and Jimmy Butler. And Jimmy Butler is is arguably a top-ten player in the league. He's a top-ten player in the league you can make the debate for. And Dwayne Wade is not anymore. But again, that's where popularity just comes into play there. Well, Damon, first show of the semester. Got a 90 seconds left. Brian Clemson called in. Gave us some great insight. Um, but your Patriots fall to the Broncos. Oh, well, Broncos are played better. I don't know if the Broncos are overall a better team, and I say that because the Patriots played absolutely terrible. The Broncos played a perfect game, and it came down to the last play. It came down to a missed extra point. So how about, will, how about this for the Patriots? Yeah. Super Bowl, they get the interception right at the end, right? Mm-hmm. And then... There's an interception right at the end goal line. Yeah. Kind of ironic. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But, and, I mean, you're not going to run it in that situation. Have you seen? I, I will say this right before we go off. I don't know how Denver's defense is going to do with a running quarterback. I don't know. That's one thing I don't think they've been tested with all year. They're going to have to drop somebody back and spy, but that will be the deciding factor in that game. We'll preview that next week, next Tuesday. Again, 11 a.m. to noon. Hopefully we'll have another guest. If you want to call in, just tell me. I'm pretty open with it. I'm not going to say no, probably, <laughs> most likely. Um, so, again, thank you for listening. Come back next week. You're listening to WECS Radio 90.1. Have a great week, folks.